How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, yeah. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham, here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with you as it takes you up to 10 o'clock tonight in Uptown Down. I'll be honest with you. I have no clue what's following us tonight, but doesn't matter. Three and a half hours, me and you, right here on The Fan. we got Tech Talk Live coming up after myself. we get you up to speed on the Hokies starting at 10 o'clock. But right now, it's me and you, and there's a lot to discuss here. We're about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, about four days away from the end of the Ron Rivera era. We'll talk a bunch of burgundy and gold uh, before we get out of here. I want to kick things off, though, man. Pro Bowl rosters announced for the NFC and the AFC. And I know the casual football fan out there probably doesn't get excited for the Pro Bowl anymore. It's probably not something that moves the needle. Folks in the younger demographic may like it, but I know some of the old heads, man. Your Pro Bowl that you grew up watching and rooting for, it's it's come to shreds. The, the intensity is not the same. You'll never see a situation where, you know, Sean Taylor whacked the punter. Pro Bowl's not the same. With that being said, the reason I bring up the Pro Bowl, and if you've been listening to my colleagues on both the fan and the Team 980 here over the past day or two, for the first time since 1993, Not one member of the Washington Commanders is going to be a part of the Pro Bowl games this offseason. And honestly, not to continue to beat a dead horse, not to try to be overly negative, but it just is what it is. Another indictment of the Ron Rivera era. And it's crazy because when you go back and think about it, Washington, when we think of Pro Bowlers during Ron Rivera's Ron Rivera's era. Chase Young made it uh, during his rookie season. I believe Terry McLaurin was an alternate last year. Tress Ways made it as an alternate. Jeremy Reeves was the starter last year for special teams. But the Pro Bowl hadn't been kind to Ron Rivera and company. And 
obviously we know a lot of that has to do with popularity and all that. I don't put a bunch of stock into the Pro Bowl. But I think it's pretty telling that there's only one Pro Bowler from 34 draft picks under Ron Rivera. Zero Pro Bowl appearances from their free agent signings. It's staggering. It's staggering to go through the moves over the past four seasons and see that low of a hit rate. So I continue to say it. While this may sound negative, it may sound like doom and gloom. This is the best time ever. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best time ever to be a fan of the Washington Commanders. And I know you all get sick and tired of me telling you how young I am. I'm going to keep beating the horse. Because guess what? Since I've been born, we haven't had this opportunity. We haven't had the opportunity that we're going to have starting on January the 8th, hopefully. The opportunity to build the franchise the right way. And when you look at the lack of Pro Bowl numbers over Ron Rivera's tenure here, it, it, it leaves me the most important thing that needs to happen this offseason. Damn getting Caleb Williams. Damn your favorite quarterback that you love. We got five months to dissect these guys. The most important thing here in the next coming months is about finding an elite football mind, an elite evaluator of talent. Because while failing to find a long-term answer at quarterback, while that's been a huge bugaboo of Ron Rivera's time here in D.C., another big problem that he had was not bringing in talent. The best players on this roster, we say it all the time, he inherited Terry McLaurin, John Allen, Deron Payne. So when I, I see... Pro Bowl voting come out, and it's, it's no offense to none of the guys. I see Deron Payne trying to, you know, petition to get voted into the Pro Bowl. I see Cam Curl trying to petition to get put into the Pro Bowl. Come on, y'all. And those are Pro Bowl caliber players, I guess. But I don't know. The important thing's got to remain important. I don't think making the Pro Bowl is that important, but it is one of the ways we measure talent and how much talent you've brought in. Quarterback, obviously, the big undoing for Ron Rivera here in D.C. You didn't win enough games. But ultimately, their willingness to go against conventional wisdom year in and year out in the draft is why we're in this position. Outside of the first year, where Chase Young was the consensus number two overall pick, it's been the same thing over and over again, which is why I say, Grant Paulson, love you to death. They even got the... The Ben Johnson alert button. I love me some Ben Johnson. But guess what? You can't put the chicken before the egg, so to speak. It's not about Ben Johnson. It's about bringing in an elite talent evaluator. First and foremost. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that the coach hiring isn't going to matter. It for sure as hell matters. It's the second most important thing, in my opinion... But when you look at it for what it is, getting an elite evaluator of talent in here, to me, is at the top of the list. Because guess what? I hope, I really do, that I never have to go through another Pro Bowl voting season and one of my guys aren't on the list. I hope that I don't have to go another year without not having blue chippers on the roster. Not having my blue chippers be appreciated and respected by the rest of the National Football League. 
I hope this is the last time it happened. It was kind of a crazy day across the National Football League. Teams are getting prepared for Week 18, the season finale coming up for everybody across the league. It's been the year of the backup quarterbacks. Got about somewhere north of 16 backup quarterbacks starting this weekend uh, across the National Football League. So it'll be a crazy weekend. But today something else comes out that has the NFL's fingerprints all over. Remember last year, toward the end of the season, the report card came out for each team across the National Football League. The NFLPA conducted a survey and basically gave each franchise a grade report card style on certain things like how they treat your family, uh, the nutrition in the building, um, the, the resources provided to you know, help you recover, things of that nature. The NFLPA added again this time. They came out with their top five coordinators list, and I thought this was super interesting because we're at that time of year where these hot start coordinators are relevant. They're all important. Everyone's trying to find the next guy. So when the NFLPA puts out a list like this, I pay attention to it. They listed the top five offensive coordinators, the top five defensive coordinators, and the top five special teams coaches. And Uptown Down, I wish I would have told you to get the button ready. Yes, I know we all love Ben Johnson, but guess what, folks? Guess who's not on this list of the top five offensive coordinators in football? Boy wonder himself, Ben Johnson. Now be completely transparent with you. I can care less that Ben Johnson's not on this list. But I hope with us having this data, with us having this information, I hope you all begin to understand that there are a litany of coaches out there that are more than capable of leading this franchise into the future. I'm at the point right now where I'm not hell-bent on some you know, upstart offensive coordinator. I'm not hell-bent on someone that's an elite developer of the quarterback. We need someone that's going to come in here and shake up this culture. Grab this franchise by the throat and set a standard. And it's not just about being a rah-rah guy and going out and screaming at everybody. You got to understand who you can pat on the back and who you got to put a foot up their ass. It's a delicate balance that the great, Leaders have. And I think more than anything, this franchise needs an elite leader. More than anything. Say what you want. Say what you want about Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers and their inability to figure it out offensively. He's an elite leader. He gets the most out of his talent. And for the past four years, It's been the complete opposite here in Washington. Moving forward, for me, I've said it. Every show I've done here in the new year, I've said it. There's one pairing that I am hell-bent on having. One. One pairing. And I understand it's irresponsible to tie yourself to one group, but darn it, I'm doing it. Told it to you all the last time I was on. I want to recreate what the Baltimore Ravens have established up the road. I want to be considered one of the upper echelon franchises. I want to be considered one of the first-class organizations. We spent too long at the bottom. So I'm willing to leave no stone unturned. You're not going to see me latch myself to, to Ben Johnson. That's not what I want to do. 
not latching myself to anyone at this point. But there is one prereq that the next head coach of this football team must have to appease me. Being a leader of men. Because as we rolled throughout the show here tonight, there were some comments made. Don Dotson had some interesting comments. Ron Rivera, your head coach, he always has interesting comments. But the common theme here recently, this week in particular, one week away from finishing up what's going to be a four-win season, I think it's very ironic that we keep having conversations about culture. Culture. For a casual fan, it may be a word that's underrated. It may be an aspect of the game that you don't see as being important. It's an offensive-driven league. Quarterback matters. It's all about scoring points. But at the end of the day, before all of that happens, a culture has to be set and established within your building. And since Ron Rivera took over this job four years ago, he has yet to establish a standard and a culture. It's frustrating as hell to be a part of. I say it all the time. It's selfish when I come from this angle, but here it is. Look. I feel like the last four years have been a complete waste. As a 26-year-old fan who hasn't seen the prosperity of this organization, having Ron Rivera just completely spill away the last four years, it's frustrating as hell. That's why I come on here and I'm angry all the time. But I'm telling you, as the next days and weeks continue to pass, my mood is going to continue to change. Because as I said at the top of the show, this is the best time to be a fan a believer of the Washington Commanders. It's the best time. We're getting ready to enter our winning era. You know what I'm saying? See all the girlies on social media talking about they entering their soft girl era. The Commanders are getting ready to enter their winning era. I'm excited for it. This offseason is going to be the most exciting thing I've ever gone through. But we got to enjoy it. Got to enjoy it. Now, one thing I will say about this as well, and I know you all like to grill me on Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. My opinions will change as the offseason plays out here because guess what? More data will be obtained, and that data will shape your thoughts and opinions. That's why I'm not locked in to a quarterback one right now. I have my early thoughts, but just know that things will change here over the next couple of months. Hell, things may change after this weekend because if you saw what Michael Penix did last week, if he goes out and dices up Michigan on Monday, we're going to be having crazy conversations about the quarterback position here in Washington. Seth Walder put out his latest odds. The Washington Commanders entering week number 18 have a 74% chance of landing a pick within the top two. 74% chance. No better time than need a quarterback. No better time than need a quarterback. For all the suffering we've done under the Ron Rivera era, this next couple of weeks, this next couple of months is going to make it all worth it. Because, see, it's no fun being mediocre and being in the middle. It's no fun at all. But if you land on one of these big fish at the quarterback position, I'm telling you, it has the potential to completely turn your franchise around. 
And at the end of the day, four years, one playoff appearance, zero drafted Pro Bowlers, it's time to turn this program around. You all know how I get down as the people's show. Tapping with me all show long, one of two ways. MGM, National Harbor Listening Lines, wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Plenty to get to before we get out of here. Top of the 8 o'clock hour, our pal Michael Phillips set to join the program. He's in the locker room of the Commanders on a day-in, day-out basis. We'll ask him what he's thinking as we get geared up for the season finale. Top of the 9 o'clock hour, our pal Trevor Sikkim of Tampa Bay Trey joins the program He and the folks on the NFL Stock Exchange podcast just did a complete blueprint, so to speak, of the Washington Commanders offseason. He'll discuss that when he joins us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. When we get back, though, I told you all the word for tonight is culture. When we come back, we'll let you hear what the head coach, Ron Rivera, had to say about the culture. And we'll let you hear what first-round receiver Jahan Dotson had to say about culture. All that and more next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Top of the hour here in our nation's capital. It's the youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. We'll touch on a lot tonight, man. Crazy week 18 coming up here in the National Football League. A bunch of different backups throughout the NFL will play this week, but we'll start to peek ahead a little bit for the Washington Commanders and begin to look at that offseason that they have in front of them, man. I've said it every show that I've done here in the new year. We are getting ready to enter the golden age of fandom for the Washington Commanders. If you're out there and you're young like me, I'm 26 years old, what we're getting ready to go through this offseason, we're doing it right for the first time 
in my lifetime. And if for my age, your lifetime as well. I remember growing up as a Washington then Redskins fan. And I honestly, whoever made me a Redskins fan, shame on you for having to deal with this crap uh, the past 20 years. But whenever I was a fan, you know, I always had this reckless optimism, as I still do kind of. And I always kept me, always was told, you know, by older adults, man, no matter how good the team is, until Snyder, until Snyder sells the team, man, you'll never see any success. And while they also said that, in the same breath, they would say, yeah, and there's probably no chance that he'll ever sell the team because why would he sell? Obviously, we know the way the past 18 months have gone. The fact that we've even reached this point, no matter what happens or no matter how much you agree or disagree with the decisions that will be made here over the next couple of months, we all got to just sit back and be thankful that we're in this position as a franchise. Now, before we move on too much, we got to look back at some of the follies that led us to this predicament in the first place. Ron Rivera the head coach of the Washington Commanders, admittedly so, you know, came in and took over a very difficult situation. And depending on who you talk to, kind of was appointed this job by the National Football League. They wanted someone to come in there that's got a good reputation, a good background, and is a buttoned-up candidate. And he was tasked with coming in here and trying to shape a culture that was toxic under Daniel Snyder. And at the end of the day, he ended up carrying a lot of water for Dan Snyder and the Snyder family. Some may argue he never got the opportunity to focus on just football because of the other extracurricular stuff. Now, I'm not one of those people. At the end of the day, you are paid and judged on wins and losses. And ultimately, over four years, Ron Rivera didn't win enough. It's interesting. This week when he was at the podium, uh, he was asked, you know, what? he is most proud of here over the, his four-year tenure with the Washington Commanders. Listen to Ron's answer here. Ron, four years ago today, you were introduced as the head coach here in Washington. Kind of, you, you look back here over the four years, what are you most proud of? Um, what we've done with the culture. I, I think that was one of the things that, um, you know, somebody asked me the same question. I said, you know, the biggest thing more than anything else, I think, is I kind of like where we are. Um, you know, it's... Uh, Obviously, it's not where we want to be, but, uh, you know, that's just the nature of this game sometimes. <laughs> and I'm not even going to do what y'all probably think I'm going to do. Oh, you're going to dunk on him. I get it at this point, man. What the hell is he supposed to say when he gets up there? Huh? He's proud of the new training camp schedule that they got this year? Is that what he's proud of? He's proud of the fact that no one got arrested this year? Is that what he's proud of? The DEA didn't come in and kick the doors down to the facility. He can be proud of that. For him to come out of his mouth and talk about culture. I said it earlier. The last four years of my fandom have been completely wasted on this numbnut. And I, gloves are off for me. I can say what the hell I want. It's, he's been incompetent. Point blank, period. They have constantly went against conventional wisdom in the draft. None of their decisions make sense. They've had the worst four-year plan at quarterback of anyone in the past decade plus. I I could be a little rough and tough on Ron Rivera. He's a thick-skinned guy. He's getting ready to basically work for free next year. Or, excuse me, be on his couch for free next year. Getting paid to be on his couch. I'm that flustered. I can't even get my words together. 
Because every time I come out of my mouth and I, I, I get real about what Ron Rivera is and what the Ron Rivera era has been, I get met with, oh, but he's a good guy, though. I'm tired of having the good guys in this organization. Bring me the guy that everyone hates. Bring me someone that's going to come in here and actually set and establish a culture. You all are so geeked up over these hot shot offensive coordinator candidates. That's fine and dandy. That's cool. I get it. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's an offense-driven league. You want the best developer of a young quarterback. You can have it your way. And notice ain't no Burger King commercial. You can get a leader of men and a culture setter and still have someone to develop your young quarterback. And we'll dive into that discussion a little bit further later on in the 7 o'clock hour because it feels like, and I've asked this question numerous different times over the past month plus, now that we know Ron and company are out of here. And we'll ask it a bunch of more times here over the next couple of weeks. But, man, I know you all have a preference out there whether you want an offensive-minded coach or a defensive-minded coach. Tonight, I'll bring you both sides of that argument. I'll give you both perspectives. Because guess what? There's not one way to do it. That's what I don't want to be lost in this entire process that we'll go through here in the next couple of months. There is no one correct way to do it. And if you look at the contenders around the National Football League, seemingly they're all constructed in different ways. Baltimore and San Francisco, your two Super Bowl frontrunners in each conference. Baltimore, everything is centered around the quarterback. In San Francisco, everything else was built, and then they're rolling with any quarterback you can. But it's about having a type of philosophy, and all that to me falls in line with culture, something that doesn't exist and hasn't existed under Ron Rivera. Can't say you got good culture, and two of your draft picks are cited in a civil lawsuit where a lady died. I understand there's some things you can't control, but but you can't get up there and holler about culture. You couldn't get Landon Collins to play the position you wanted him to play. But your culture's so damn good, you couldn't get Chase Young to line up in a three-point stance. But your culture was so damn good. You're so proud of the culture. That piece that came out, John Kime and Jeremy Fowler, where you got soft-ass players on your watch coming out speaking under conditions of immunity and, and, and basically bashing your offensive coordinator, members of your coaching staff bashing your offensive coordinator. That's your nephew coaching linebackers, yet where the culture is supposed to be so good. Miss me with that. It's even more ironic about the culture comments. John Dotson, second-year player for the Washington Commanders, was asked what the team needs moving forward to have more success. Take a listen. You're in between the lines. What do you think this team needs going forward next year to kind of get more wins, get over the hump? Um, I would say as far as players, just a, a sense of culture. Um, you know, just we, we got to have a mindset in here that we – we want change. Uh, we we can't we can't just accept this this type of stuff because this is really hard on a lot of people. Um, and I know a lot of people come from winning backgrounds, uh, so we we got to bring that stuff in here. We we can't accept anything but winning, honestly. Um, and that, that starts with us players, um, no matter who the coaches are. Uh, yeah, it starts with us. Uh, we we got to bring our best foot 
um, and make sure that we go out every Sunday and, and bring it. When you say culture, is that is that on the players or do the coaches feed into that? Um, I, I feel like it, it's everyone, but you know, it, I feel like the best teams uh, that you see in any sport are player-led. Um, your, your captains, they, they step up, um, and everyone really follows. Because when you when you're surrounded by by guys who are hungry and want to win, you know it it trickles down. Uh, it's a domino effect. So I feel like that, that's where we we can start. John Dotson very candid with his response as to what the team needs to do moving forward to not finish with four wins. And I think he he hit on a lot with that. Called out coaches, called out players, but ultimately, I love what Jahan said. It's on us at the end of the day. But let's be real. And all of us can relate out there. If you've played team sports in any capacity, it's hard to get up every day and give your all to a guy that you don't believe in, to a guy that you're not motivated by. And I think that's what's happened here in D.C. I think that's what's happened over the past four years with Ron Rivera. We have reached a point where the messaging has gotten stale. And and the guys simply aren't playing for him anymore. And ultimately, when I look at this thing moving forward, and and I'm coming through things that I have to have, give a damn about X's and O's guru, give a damn about quarterback development, have a good culture first, set a standard first, and then everything else should fall in line. We don't have a type. Everybody's got a type, right? Not the commanders. The Ravens have a type. The 49ers have a type. The Steelers have a type. I think the job of this next regime is going to be figuring out that type. Figuring out what you want. One thing I noticed from those two clips we just played between Ron and Jahan that I thought was very interesting was Ron was asked what he was proud of the you know these last four years. His very first answer was the culture. Then Jahan is asked, you know, what can be improved with the team. His very first answer is the culture. So you know that just tells the contradiction right there. I'm about to say, can you say contradiction? That's what they should be called, Washington contradictions. I mean, that's why I wanted to play the audio. It's literally polar opposites of each other. And I get it. It's a tough spot that Ron's in. What are you supposed to go up there and say? I'm not proud of anything I've done. I may have respected that answer more, bro. To be honest with you, because what, what the hell you got to be proud of? Honestly. That's like some of you parents out there that, that are of the participation trophy ilk. You, you coming home and patting little Jimmy on the back of the head because he finished out the season on the JV. Little Jimmy didn't play one snap. Little Jimmy got steamrolled on kick return. But you're happy because your baby got a participation trophy. I'm tired of that culture. And I'm a young buck. I'm supposed to be a part of that culture. But damn it, I know what it takes to win. And what we've had here the past four years ain't going to cut it. We need a complete revamp. And the one thing that I think casual fans can even understand, there is a good cop, bad cop relationship that needs to be balanced throughout a roster and a coaching staff. What's the number one thing you keep uh, hearing out of Kansas City right now? They missed Eric Bieniemy because he was the one that was going to put his foot up somebody's ass when they weren't lining up properly. 
with Kadarius Tony wasn't catching the ball. I guarantee EB would have had him after practice on the jugs. I guarantee it wouldn't have been accepted. Some of the stuff that's happening there in Kansas City. So while you're all so quick to want to run Eric Bieniemy out of town, before we get out of here tonight, I'll tell you the one scenario that I'm hoping for that keeps Eric Bieniemy in the fold here. I know a lot of you are pulling your hair out right now. Huh? Why do you want to keep Eric Bieniemy around? I'll tell you why. We'll talk about culture, right? Eric Bieniemy came in there and tried to establish a culture. And what did the head coach do? Undermine him. We remember the comments that came out during training camp and during the early parts of the season. Ron Rivera, for no reason, basically divulging locker room secrets to the media. Whatever rift that's happened within that building offensively, because I think there's one. And as the season ends here and, and we get to locker room clean out and all the dirt stories continue to come out and start to come out, We'll hear about the relationship between Eric and Ron Rivera. Because if you're telling me you think those two were on the same page, you're clueless. Think about what Ron and company said at their end-of-season presser. We want to run the football. Eric Bieniemy came in here and Sam Howe was leading the damn NFL in passing attempts. I got a little theory for you all. and I'm really going to ruffle some feathers with this. We call it like it is. This is just a conspiracy. But it's a conspiracy that's based upon fact. Eric Bieniemy was hired in January. Eric Bieniemy came here with Ron Rivera already telling the media that Sam Howell was going to be the guy. But I know how it is when you're in the interview process, man. Sometimes you're going to say whatever to get that damn job. I think when Eric actually got here and actually got to work with Sam and they signed Jacoby, it was probably very evident, even through the meetings in the spring, that Jacoby was the best guy for the offense. And why does that matter? Think about why Eric took this job. Why in the hell do you go from Kansas City to Washington, one of the bottom feeder organizations, if it's not to try and prove yourself? It's to not, if it's not to try to further your cachet and clout. Just bear with me here. I think there was a rift from the very get-go. Jacoby Brissett was paid handsomely as a backup. And we'll play his comments coming up in the next segment. I didn't give you a chance to get that ready, Uptown Don. But last week, Jacoby Brissett, as the starter, he took the podium. And he had some damn revealing comments about what he was told when he initially signed here. You know what that was? He thought he was going to get to compete for the starting job. I think there is a major rift between Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy, Because I think EB probably never wanted to start Sam Howell. And for the life of me, I'm with you all on this. Some of y'all are EB haters for your own damn reasons that have nothing to do with sports. But I get the folks that are out there like, man, why isn't Brian running the ball? Maybe he was trying to show something to the head coach that this kid's not ready. Maybe he thought calling the games the way he did that Sam would get benched and he'd go with Jacoby Brissett, someone who can function in his offense and make his offense look good, make him look good in turn. I know I'm coming way out of left field. It is a hypothetical. But I'm trying to give logic to what the hell has happened this year. Nothing makes sense that happened this year with this group. From Ron Rivera handing the franchise to a guy with 11 completions to Eric Bieniemy 
dropping them back 45 times a game. Nothing makes sense, but that does. That does. I see you all lined up on the phones. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We'll let you guys in here next. What do you think about the team's culture? And what does this team need moving forward? We heard from Jahan Dotson, who was very outspoken about the culture. We heard from Ron Rivera, who was a damn lie about the culture. What do you think about the culture? And then what does this team need moving forward? I'll get into more specifics next here on The Fan. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. It is overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live. In about a half hour, top of the 8 o'clock hour, our pal Michael Phillips uh, who covers the Washington Commanders for the Washington Times. He is set to join the program. We'll get his thoughts on the burgundy and gold and what lies ahead in the offseason as they get geared up for Week 18 against Dallas coming up on Sunday. If you're just tuning into the show, what are the themes so far tonight? We'll put a theme on this show. We talk a lot about culture. And not for no reason. Head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, came out yesterday and was very candid about what he thinks about the team's culture. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson, we let you hear from him in the last segment. He was pretty open and honest about needing to improve said culture. Now, if you're just tuning in, you know I call poppycock to Ron Rivera saying this culture's good. I call Cat. He's bluffing. Have no clue what he means by that. Comes off very disingenuous, if you ask me, considering the events that have happened under his watch. I got another example for you. As to how this culture isn't really as good as it's been made out to be. And I also may have an answer to why Eric Bieniemy refused to run the football. Said it in the last segment. I don't think Ron and Eric Bieniemy were on the same page from the get-go in terms of who the starting quarterback was going to be. It was always in Ron's best interest to start Sam Howe because no matter what happened with the record, if Sam showed growth and development throughout the season, that may have been enough to buy Ron Rivera more time. On the other side of the coin, Eric Bieniemy has a different agenda. He's left Kansas City. He's trying to prove he can have success offensively being the guy without Andy Reid. So why would he want to go with a quarterback that has 11 career completions like Sam Howe instead of a guy like Jacoby Brissett who's a proven veteran that actually played the best football of his career in 2022 with the Cleveland Browns. We'll put gasoline on that fire with Jacoby Brissett and what he said last week. 
He was expected to be the starting quarterback heading into the game against San Fran. Obviously, the hamstring injury comes up, and he ends up not playing. But I thought Jacoby was very upfront and honest about his expectations for himself when he initially got here to Washington. Take a listen. Uh, yeah, I, th- I came here with a with the mindset that I was going out there to compete to start, and, and uh, was was going to get a chance to go out there and and compete to to become a starter. And, and obviously, things happen, and um, you know this is how it has come to be, I guess. But uh, you know, just excited to go make the most of this opportunity and and uh, go out there and get a chance to play football. Jacoby Brissett being huh, very upfront, honest, keeping it a hundred. He thought he was coming to Washington to compete to be a starter. And it honestly makes a lot of sense. He was handsomely paid as a backup. He was coming off a year. And I know a lot of you don't pay attention to Browns football, but he kept the Browns afloat last year while Deshaun Watson was serving his league-issued suspension. He played damn good football. He was one of the best quarterbacks in terms of EPA in the NFL. He was a gamer. He's been around the block before, though, man. I always say it with quarterback. It's about fit. And when Jacoby signed here this offseason, he saw Eric Bieniemy and he saw an opportunity to continue to bolster his resume. Not as a backup, but as a starter. So when he comes into training camp and gets zero reps, folks, it's probably a surprise to him and Eric Bieniemy, which is why he had Sam Howell dropping back as much as he did. Probably to show Ron, see, look, the guy you anointed and handed the keys to the franchise to after 11 career completions, he can't do it. But this veteran, he sure as hell can. And it took all the way up until week 15. Week 16, excuse me. No, week 15. For Sam Howe to get benched. I think that's what Eric Bieniemy probably wanted to do all along. But who knows? I know it's a a conspiracy theory, but it is what it is. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Two-parter for you. I want to get your thoughts on the Washington Commanders culture under Ron Rivera. And then I want you to tell me what this team needs to do moving forward to ensure success in the future. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go to Dave in Reston. What's going on, Dave? How are you? Dave, you there, buddy? Dave and Reston is not there. Let's go to Jimmy Silver Spring. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, man, what's up? What's going on? How you I want I want to talk about the culture. I want to talk about Ron Rivera, and I want to talk about Eric Bieniemy. First of all, the culture is y'all need to take off the skirts that you're wearing. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that's the culture that Ron Rivera has built. Soft. You understand? I hear you. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera got hired for a job that he wasn't that he wasn't prepared for. Y'all gave him complete power. You gave him you gave him um, uh, 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 personnel and football. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't ready for that. You hired a guy that had three winning seasons in nine years. That's it. That that is that's crazy. <laughs> I hear you. That's beyond the pale. Nobody does that. Let's talk about Eric Bieniemy now. Let's talk about Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy comes in there and makes people work. They they complain to 
to to I, I'm gonna say I, I don't agree with you on most uh, most things, but today I agree with you 100. <laughs> they come in, Airbnb comes in, tells them, tell them take the skirts off, big boy, some big boy pants, <laughs> and go out there and play football. And all of a sudden, there's a problem, Jimmy. I hear you. Hey man, hey man, hey man. The culture, the culture is soft. <laughs> You know, this is football, man. I hear it. This is Tilly Wings. This is Flag. Come on, you know man. Understand? You preach it. You know, you know and, and man, I'm so sick and tired. And, you know, Terry McClure is probably the nicest guy in the world. But I'm so sick and tired hearing how Eric the Enemy didn't put him in a position to succeed. Curtis Samuel succeeded. You understand? Get open, put your big boy pants on, and if you if you say you're the top ten, and this is what you what you don't say that he's the top ten receiver, go out there and bulldoze some people. Go out there and Jimmy, and, and, and do your thing, Jimmy. Hey, man, I appreciate your call as always, my man. I... <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy's frustrated. Jimmy's like a lot of you all out there, man. Everyone it feels like has the same sentiments. Toward Ron Rivera, the football coach. And I want to make sure we separate the two things. Because I'm sure he's a damn good person to go have a beer with, talk ball with, maybe talk about other teams in the NFL. That's why he's so revered throughout the league. He's a nice guy. Guess what? I'm tired of having the nice guy. I want the guy that's going to break his foot off in somebody's ass. I want the guy that's going to set a standard and demand excellence. What's the number one thing Ron said at his opening day presser when Dan Snyder wished us all happy Thanksgiving on New Year's Day? It was, he wants to build a sustained winning culture. His inability to do that is why Sunday will be his last game, probably ever, coaching in the National Football League. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listing Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. What do you think of the current Washington Commanders culture and then this one a little bit more broad for you all. What does this team need most moving forward? In my opinion, I told you what it was. They need an elite evaluator of talent. That solves all your problems. It'll make sure you don't have bad apples, which in turn makes your culture good. And it'll get you to get the most out of your talent. But what do you want? What do you think is most important for this team moving forward? 1-800-636-1067 is number. Brian is in Georgetown. What's going on, Brian? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, um, I'm 20 years older than you, but I want to say thank you. First and foremost, um, your show over the last few years kept me through going through my wife's cancer. Well, man, look, um, I'm, I'm glad I could do that for you, my friend. I want to say thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. We have 20 years difference. So, you know, today uh, marks a rest. I'm sure you heard the show earlier mm-hmm. with B. Mitch and uh, G. Um, 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 the BMC show, Marshall Reth was dead on. What we've been missing is the line of scrimmage. Yep. You can have Jesus back there, but <laughs> if there's no, we lost Trent and Sureth. That's the last time we had any kind of like decent line. I, I watch, I watched all three Super Bowl runs. Today on YouTube, I just want to see like what was the difference. <laughs> I've been a fan for forty years, bro. And I feel, and it's I feel so you, man. Hard to see like how, excuse my language, how crappy 
yeah. we have been the last 25 years. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather us, I, I don't think we're going to be able to keep the enemy. I think he might go to the Chargers. That's a, that's a rumor that's um, been floated out there. I've heard that as well. Yeah, I, I think that might happen, but maybe he'll stick around because you know what? Ron, in his credit, as a, uh, a, a cancer caregiver to my wife, I understand cancer, and I think that's what we give Ron a lot of respect, what he went through. Yes, and he, and he deserves that too, man. I don't want absolutely. that to ever get misconstrued when I talk horrible. about Ron. What he did, right. what, him, let me, let me say this, Brian, him coaching under those circumstances, to me, should have been enough to establish a culture. Him showing up to absolutely. work after getting chemo, it should have created a no-nonsense mentality in that locker room, but for whatever reason, it didn't. You know, I don't mind us blowing this up. I would love for us to keep the enemy as the head coach, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. There's that the, the, the other floating about Jim Harbaugh. I'm not a big fan of his, but you know he's successful. But I don't like the way he conducts himself as a human, as a man in right. general. I hear you. So, in my opinion, what I want to ask you is: I've been out of the game. Like I, I fought, I, I was a ticket holder. I gave up during the. 2000s after Daniel Snyder took over, and I realized like it's a, a it's 25 years we've been a freaking we're like the Browns, yeah, we're a joke with a bag over our head, yeah. and we don't want to admit it, but that's what we are as fans. 25 years. So when Mark came on the line today and talked to the uh, B Mitch show, he said it's all about the line of scrimmage, and I watched every Super Bowl run that we had the three, it was always the line of scrimmage. Boom. Bingo. I think that's what matters most, Brian. I appreciate the call. I I hear what he's saying. And I think in terms of what I was saying, the Ravens, the Niners, they all have a type. It was Dan Orlovsky that tweeted this out a couple of days ago, and I totally agree. And if you understand the anatomy of the human body, just, just stick with me here. The Baltimore Ravens have the best spine in the National Football League. Talking about how their team is built up the middle. The offensive line on the interior, the defensive line, their linebackers, all the way to their free safety, Kyle Hamilton. They are are tremendously built through the spine of their team. They have a type. And as the last caller said, I I believe in that same philosophy when it comes to team building. It starts and finishes in the trenches. Look at the elite teams in the National Football League. Look at the teams that we consider as title contenders throughout the NFL. They all have one thing in common. They are tough on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Look at the Cleveland Browns. Bill Callahan, somebody we had here before, doing a hell of a job with Cleveland. Their offensive line batted with injury, but they're still amongst the best in the National Football League. The defensive front, what Jim Schwartz is doing down there, it's, it starts in the trenches. Look at San Francisco. Look at Philadelphia. Look at Dallas. Look at the Ravens. There is one way you build this, you, you build a team in the National Football League. And I know the game has changed a hell of a lot over the years. It's changed a hell of a lot over the years. It's more geared to favor the offense. All that is true. Analytics are more prevalent. But at the end of the day, if you don't got if you don't got the dogs, if you don't got the war daddies 
on both sides of the line of scrimmage, you will not win in this league. You can, like the last caller said, you can have Jesus Christ himself under center. If you cannot handle your business up front, you will not win in this league. Let's go to Tom in Baltimore. What's going on, Tom? Hey, what's going on, man? I just wanted to make a couple of comments real quick. Um, First, I wanted to say that I think that the worst thing, worse, far worse than mediocre performance, mm-hmm. and that is someone who is comfortable with mediocre performance. And when I heard the statement about some of the players who said that the enemy was coaching them too hard, that that's what came to my mind. Yep. These guys are not just they're not just performing at a mediocre level; they're comfortable with that. Yep, some guys and, are. Yeah. It's not everybody over there, that, but it's some guys. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But I think that the biggest mistake this organization would make if they let the enemy walk out that door, I think he would be the third one who will probably go on to coach a team to a Super Bowl yep. that they let walk out the door. That has been associated with or, this organization who I is agree. no longer associated with the organization, who's gone gone on to do bigger things. And I think that the to give a quick analogy, I remember when somebody was saying that when Peyton Manning was playing, and when they were doing, they were working on their red line, their red, their red, their their red zone offense. Mm-hmm. If anybody made a mistake, he would tell them nobody leaves until we do it perfectly. They hated him, but they got it done. And I think that's the mentality you have to have that I don't see here. You know, you don't have guys who say, listen, we're not leaving until it's done perfectly. Tom, and And when they have. Yeah. And I appreciate the call, Tom. Literally the exact opposite happened. There's literally a piece that John Kime and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN put together. Guys talking off the record, complaining about how hard they had to work. I agree with wanting to give Eric Bieniemy another bite at the apple, so to speak. Because if you just, if you heard any of what I said at the top of this segment. I don't think the relationship between Ron and Eric Bieniemy was very good, and I think that has a lot to do with why we saw the play calling go the way that it did. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue to run through your calls. Then our pals at Hogshaven went through the worst moments of the Ron Rivera era. I know you all have probably heard those. I'll play devil's advocate here. I'll give you the best decisions of the Ron Rivera era. My top five next here on The Fan. one 800 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. I'll take you up to 10 p.m. tonight. We'll get you up to speed with the latest with your Hokies Tech Talk Live coming up after myself. In about 15 minutes or so, top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by our pal Michael Phillips, who covers the Washington Commanders for the Washington Times. He is also the host of MP on the Mic weekdays, 10 to noon, over on our sister station, 910 The Fan AM in Richmond. Your calls, though, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Talking culture here for the Washington Commanders. Let you hear from Ron Rivera, 
who gave his thoughts on the culture. We'll let you hear from John Dotson, who gave his thoughts on the culture. Now I want to hear from you. What do you make of the culture that currently exists in Washington? And then from the fans' perspective, what to you is the most important thing moving forward as we get ready to enter this all-important offseason for the Burgundy and Gold? I'll let you hear my thoughts one more time. I think to me a talent evaluator, an elite talent evaluator, covers all bases, checks all your boxes. They got to have a type, a type of player that they want, a type of player that they go after. We got to establish the commander way. And we got to start picking players that embody that culture you're trying to establish. We see it all the time across the National Football League. I keep using the Ravens and the Niners. They have a type. They have a type. Kyle Juszczyk played in Baltimore, is now in San Francisco. He's a football player. He gets stuff done. He is a culture setter. See what I'm saying? I got like a Trent Williams in San Fran, a culture setter. I got like a Fred Warner, a culture setter. Yeah, they're damn good football players, but if you do your your, your digging and your backstory into who they are as men, you understand why they're in the position that they are in. That's why I love Michael Penix so much in the draft. That's why I love Bo Nix in the draft. Those are two quarterbacks that throughout their college career faced significant adversity ultimately before they got where they are. That matters to me. I'm not going to be like the Bears of six years ago trading up for Mitchell Trubisky who had 12 career starts at UNC. It's not my motto. We'll go to the phones, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Ray is in Baltimore. What's going on, Ray? Hey, what's going on, man? I, I, I love your passion. Yeah, I love appreciate your you. passion. Yeah, I appreciate you. No, no doubt. But, you know, growing up, I'm 42 years old, right? So growing up, I was used to how the Burgundy and Gold was, mm-hmm. especially before we even got a team. So when you think about the whole importance of culture, Eric Acosta has been in Baltimore now 27, 28 years. Come on now, preach, For man. him, it was Ozzy. Yep. For him, it was Ozzy. Steven, from Art Modell to Steve Bichotte, they always let and empower their GMs to, you know, do their job. Even now to the scouts. You look at Joe Douglas, Daniel Jeremiah. Joe they all came through the system of Baltimore. Joe Horitz. So, <laughs> yeah, Joe Ortiz. You know what I mean? Like, all the top guys, as far as personnel, all came through Baltimore. So, at the end of the day, when you look at what's going on with the Burgundy and Gold, it's absolutely sad and it's ridiculous that it's gotten to this point. But what Josh Harris has an opportunity and a chance to do is to hire the right GM, empower the GM, and let them build. And it starts with a quarterback because as I hang up the phone, mm-hmm. this is what matters. You got to get back the Dallas Cowboy fandom. That's all over PG. That's all <laughs> over North Virginia. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely embarrassing on Sunday yep. that fifty thousand fans going to be in silver and blue. And as I hang up the phone, you already have people that I know. I got family in PG. Mm-hmm. I got family in DC. You already starting to see some of them either. You know, some of them are already Cowboys fans. That's what it is. But those who are on the fence. 
they starting to put on Lamar Jackson jerseys. So yeah. something has to change, and they have to establish a culture that starts by hiring the right coach and getting the right quarterback. What's your thoughts, Playboy? Hey, man, I appreciate the call. I I agree with everything he just said. It's what we've been saying all night. I think that's the most important thing, finding a dominant, strong personality that has a vision, preferably from an organization that's had success. Joe Horvitz of the Baltimore Ravens, man. I, if y'all are just now tapping into me, you know the duo I want. I want Joe Horvitz to be the general manager and that elite football evaluator, and I want Mike McDonald to be the head coach. 36 year, years old, young, passionate, innovative, Relates to the players, gets the most out of his players. If you really do your research into Mike McDonald, that defense that he was running a couple of years ago at Michigan, a lot of NFL teams trying to emulate that. He's a guy. Don't miss the boat on what's going on in Baltimore. And I'm glad the last caller mentioned Ozzie Newsome and Art Modell and Eric DaCosta. Joe Horowitz has been a scout for the Baltimore Ravens for the past 19 seasons. He's got to learn and report to Ozzie Newsom. He's got to learn and report to Eric DaCosta. He's the next big thing. Folks, don't miss it. Do not miss the boat. You only get so many cracks at these during the Josh Harris era. Right now, I continue to say it. We're in the honeymoon phase. The hires that they're about to make, darn it, this is the most important hiring cycle in the past 30-plus years of this franchise, man, you got to get it right. You got to get it right, one way or another. Let's go out to Kevin in Stafford. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, can I say one one line about Ron Rivera? <laughs> good one. I don't feel sorry for somebody making $7 million a year to get fired. Oh, I'll leave it at that. I never felt yeah. sorry for Move him right along. <laughs> I hear you. you. Move him right along. The, 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 the commanders. They had a guy here, and when he came here, they were still the Redskins, and he said, we want to draft Redskins to be Redskins. Mm. And he consequently went out and drafted Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, Sweat, uh, 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 and Payne. And you know who that guy was? Talking about Kyle Smith. No. Scott McClure. Talking about Scott McClure. Well, Scott didn't get credit for, for all of those guys, but I do agree. Like that's the yeah, last competent talent evaluator I feel like we've had here. Right, and 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 after they ran him out of town with that clown Bruce Allen, they went downhill from there. But okay, be that as it may, now you got to find another talent evaluator, somebody that got some real talent. You know what I'm saying? And come in here, and yes, we need a quarterback. But the Redskins, like you said at the top of the hour, they're in a very unique situation because with that number two pick there's going to be five quarterbacks coming out in this draft who are considered nfl ready five of them okay and in the top seven picks there's only three teams that's really looking for a quarterback we don't know what chicago's going to do so if they if they decide to get a quarterback they're going to get dag on the kid from usc and then it's the patriots picking at number three so they're going to get a quarterback. Now, the team that I'm looking at, if you got a talent evaluator in here, somebody who's savvy, is the Tennessee Titans. They need a quarterback. And they're going to be desperate. 
to jump up to number two. I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I appreciate the call. I, I don't think – I think Will Levis has shown more than enough for himself this year to get another year as a starter. There's friction down there in Tennessee, though. They, they may not be all in on Will Levis, but I think they're in a situation where continue to insulate the roster around your young quarterback. We all seem to be on the same page with this. You need an elite evaluator of talent more than anything. I think that ultimately comes first. Let's go to Lou out in D.C. What's going on, Lou? My guy, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? <clears throat> Not a whole lot, man. Happy New Year, Happy bro. New Year, too. Um, you know, to me, <laughs> I mean, you got the guy, Big L. I, I know how much people hate EB, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you got him in the building. If you want to go with a defensive mind coach, and yes. then I don't mind the guy from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But as, as long as you got EB, and I mean, you talk about it. The guy was pushing these guys trying to make them better. The guy got two Super Bowl rings. The guy got the credential, but yet we not we gonna let him walk away because we want the other guy over there in Detroit or this other guy over here or this other guy up there. Yeah. I don't get it. Like we want the the thing that bothered me the most is the fact that we blame an E B for Ron's Rivera failure. Especially this season. Every like every one of us not including me, but every one of us, <laughs> we put, we, I, I'll be lying to you. No, I hear you. I every hear you. one of, no, we set the bar so high to make the playoff or whatever, 10 and 7 or 10 and 9, whatever the record everyone had, and, and that didn't come fruition. Therefore, we're going to blame EB too. We're going to blame Sam. Guess what? That's not, I, I don't see it like that. I feel like these two guys need to come back. And I felt like EB should be sitting at the table and trying to get a job because I'm seeing a Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it. Atlanta going trying to go after him. That's what I'm seeing. I don't that, know if that's now, true or not. If Atlanta goes after him and somehow ends up with Justin Fields, Lou, I feel, I feel like we'll rue the day, my brother. Look, I appreciate I the mean, call as always, Lou. Let's go to Kenny in Waldorf before we hit the break. What's going on, Kenny? Hey, now I, I just wanted to – I can't speak for, you know – what they should do in the future or mm-hmm. what the next move would be. But I think the question was, you know, what do, I, what do we think of the culture? And I say, you know, even though, you know, Ron didn't get paid well, like one of the previous callers said, so we're we not going to feel bad for him getting fired. You know, he got his money. Uh, but, but Ron was brought in to be a, a, a stable adult, you know, in this, in this organization and, and to kind of, I say, act as a sponge. He had, he had to clean up the urine on the floor and the right. poop juice and, and being, you know, a grown-up. <laughs> And, and really just try to stabilize the mess. And I, even though, you know, we didn't win, which we shouldn't have expected that based on his track record, he did come in and give us some 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 adults in the room and, and just kind of clean up and, and, and wipe up the mess so that now we got the new ownership group and we, we got, for the most part, a fresh start. He didn't leave us in a, in a horrible position, uh, but we, we shouldn't have expected, you know, multiple Super Bowls from him. That wasn't even realistic. Yeah. He did his job. He brought us. So, like I said, some adults in the room, and, you know, now it's time for him to go so we can try to move forward with this thing. But that, that's well, what Kenny, I think of the culture. Kenny, you sound like a much older fan. I didn't have four years to waste away, my brother, and I appreciate the call. So while I do get what he's saying, he was a placeholder, I, I, I hear all of that. But at the end of the day, hadn't won enough games. Point blank, period. Take a quick timeout, pay some bills. When we come back, have our first guest stop by the program, our pal Michael Phillips, who covers the Commanders, uh, for the Washington Times, he's set to join us next. We'll ask him what he thinks about the future moves and the decisions that Josh Harris and company will have to make. Plus, we'll ask him to give his best moment, best decision 
of the Ron Rivera era. All that and more next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.